Podcast. My name is Chad Durham. I'm Jacob Hampton. And we are coming to you just uh, a couple days before the uh, Oscars, the Academy Awards for 2020. Obviously in 2021, a lot later in the year than normal. And so we're doing our traditional, uh, if we pick the winners, which we stole from Siskel and Ebert and Ebert and Roper, uh, which I watched a lot growing up. And every year right before the Oscars, they would reveal like if they had a vote... Or even, I guess, technically, it's not if they had a vote. It's like if they could decide this person won, uh, who would they pick? And so we wanted to get that in. Obviously, if you're listening after the Oscars and you're just a cool person who has fun listening to the podcast, you might be interested in who we wish would have won or how uh, close we were to um, you know, the actual winners or whatever. Um, but if not, and you're listening before, that's why we tried to get this out at least a few days before. So did you have any thoughts about the Oscar? We didn't really talk about this before, so if not, don't worry. But any final thoughts? We talked about this a little bit last week as far as like some things we loved and some things we didn't like. But as you went through and you were picking, is there anything that struck you or, or was interesting to mention before we dive in? Just kind of like additional thoughts about yeah. the nomination. Sure. Uh... I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not anything too different from what I said when we talked yeah, about yeah. it before. Yeah, we there. We'll rehash some things from from our uh, most recent episode, which is where we we did our top ten of twenty twenty slash top ten of the Oscar eligible films. Um, something we were talking about just before that I was surprised about is uh, the online uh, like critic site for movies and video games and TV and music Metacritic. They posted like the predicted winners. And uh, I hadn't seen a lot, as many of those articles this year, and I was, I guess, surprised, and in a good way, that multiple of the people that I thought were underdogs maybe are not underdogs, so that could be fun. And you can't see us, but we've done this one as a live video before, so we actually wrote out our uh, like tiny envelopes and we hand them to each other. So good. Uh, yeah, I know. It's we very... don't even have to establish it before anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. We didn't acknowledge it. I just knew to bring them. Yeah, yeah. He that. just knew. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we'll, we'll trade off uh, picking and it will. we're tending toward ending with a couple uh, categories that maybe will surprise the other person a little bit or at least not something that was obvious from our previous discussions. So here we go. If me and Jake pick the winners, Eric was going to send us his picks, but he, I think he probably had a busy night, so um, maybe he'll post those in response to our thing. So, Jake, do you want to pick the category that we're going to reveal to one another first? Yeah, you know what? I kind of, I don't want to leave any unwarranted tension in the room on my part, yeah. so let's just get Best Picture out of the way. <laughs> All right. Honestly. I feel like we should go with it first. Okay. I'll trade you. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, since you picked, I'll go with yours first. Okay. If Jake picked the winner at the Oscars for Best Picture, he would pick The Father, which was go. his number one movie of the year. Not a surprise. I will say, like, I kind of go back and forth through the years about what I think Best Picture should be because I do think there's value in 
it should be something that's going to like make people think about something in a society that they normally don't consider or, you know, have an impact, uh, some kind of social impact that way versus just being the most well-crafted movie of that year. So this year, if I was going on like the more kind of social issue side, probably wouldn't have picked The Father, but I'll stand by my number one of the year of, I just had, it was the most fascinating experience for me at the movies. Nice. Chad, if he picked Best Picture, <laughs> would pick Promising Young Woman. What? Also my number one of the year. Um, not one in this case that's expected to win, just like The Father, which is not expected to win. And uh, similar, I, I love that it had something to say about an important issue, but it did it in a really entertaining, really interesting, really thoughtful way, uh, filled with good performances, a couple of really cool surprises uh, in the movie that really, like thematically resonated as far as what the movie was trying to say. Um, I, do, I do think that Promising Young Woman will take home some Oscars, which I'm, I'm excited about. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Good. But yeah. All right. I'm going to go with... You're going to be shocked. I'm going to go with Best Actress next. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, if I can find mine. If we picked the winners. All right. What's wrong with me here? Did I... Oh. You forgot one. Best actress got stuck inside another category. There we nice. go. Nice. All right. You want to go for it first? Yes. If Chad <laughs> picked best actress at the 2021 Oscars, the award would go to Carrie Mulligan. What? Promising young woman. Surprise. That was one of the ones I just looked at, and I didn't know that she was considered the front runner. That's one that uh, a lot of pundits have declared a wide open race okay. because of the like predictive um, other awards where four different people have won. Uh, Carrie Mulligan, Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, and uh, Andrew Day, who actually won the Golden Globe. Um, and then Vanessa Kirby actually won one that's not as predictive, first at the start of, of the awards. They're all really good. All those people are great. Um, but for me, it, Carrie Mulligan, yeah, sure, dropping the accent, whatever, she does that all the time. But uh, a lot of, she, she has to go from this very jaded place to a more open place and then return to her jaded place. And I just found all of that seamless and, and wonderful. If Jake picked Best Actress, huh? Oh, that's a little bit of a surprise. That's a little surprising, maybe, isn't it? Maybe. I also picked Carrie Mulligan. Oh yeah, I didn't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, you guys can't see this. I just show it to the to the phone that's recording. I mean our sophisticated mic system. I just show it to our sophisticated mic system. Sorry, Carrie Mulligan, guys. Jake also picked Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> yeah, um, she freaking carries a promising young woman. Like, I mean, the role has to, and she she nails it. Um, I also just kind of with like the politics of the Oscars, I feel like I hate when I love Frances McDormand, but like once people have one or multiple Oscars, I feel like, yes, I want it. I, I will always consider all performances, you know, equally, but sure. like at the end of the day, if I feel close on it at all, which I kind of do on this whole category, I'm like, let's give it to someone who is kind of the fresher face or like more. I don't know. It's not just like a veteran yeah. uh, Oscars attendee. Oh, so. yeah. you. If you listen, you heard me, you've heard me extol Francis McDormand's virgin, virtues excuse me, a million times, but even last week. And it's hard for me to pick against her just because I think she's so magnetic, charismatic. And like you talked about, which I thought was great, like 
these little things that she does that feel like what a real person would do. That's not as poetic as how Jake said it, but um, same thing. If I feel like it's close, if I feel like, if, if I felt Frances McDormand was just way better than everyone else, I wouldn't care that she mm -hmm. already won twice, but everyone's really, really good. And exactly. so I'm like, well, yeah, she's won twice. Yeah. And one of them was like two years ago. And Carrie so, just nominated once before this, right? I think so. never won. So. She's never won, yeah. So yeah, I'm all for awesome. it. Awesome, yeah, I'd love that. That's my pick. Yeah, and she may actually win, it's, it sounds like. All right, let's do it. Carrie Mulligan, double vote for us. So if we were the Academy, she would have just won an Oscar, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's go with... Uh, I'm gonna go adapted. Screenplay. Ooh, okay, all right. A little, we'll see. Yeah, a little, uh, a mini curveball. Okay. Not for me. I oh. just mean I was surprised. Well, I was yeah, I was thinking because I don't think yeah. that's a curveball. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Uh, just as far as which category, I'm gonna make sure to read it this time. <laughs> Best adapted screenplay. If Jake picked the winner, Christopher Hampton, Florian Zeller, The Father. There we go. Yeah. Praised the script plenty already when we talked about it being my number one. Yes, before you go, I know you already saw it, I but before it. you read it, this is one of my hardest categories. Good. Yeah, I thought about it a lot, um, and there were reasons I went back and forth, but ultimately, if I pick the winner... Florian Zeller and Christopher Hampton, the father. Oh, double vote. I'm Man, glad. we are giving Oscars out like crazy. Yeah, we are. Okay, just two. I'm glad to see you recognize it a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I hope I hope everything always came off as like, oh, yeah, this is an incredible movie that just like destroyed me, so I just don't. Yeah. Um, I, but I was going back and forth today. Like, that was the last one I filled out um, before we started. And a lot of it was just thinking about like, okay, what am I re rewarding here? You talked about best picture and social and stuff. And I, writing was like kind of my entry into movie loving and stuff as far as like originally I'm just following these cool plots. The thing about The Father, it's deceptively clever. And like, I just feel like on the one hand, it's just like, oh, I don't mean this to be condescending. I don't because I, I really liked it. Oh, like we're, we're shifting just because we can shift. But that's not what's happening. But when I first started watching the movie, I felt like, oh, we're shifting just because. We're shifting so that you're like, who knows what's going right. on? But then they were so, like, they were such purposeful shifts once the movie continues yes. on. Yes. Um, that I was like, you got to reward somebody being that, that sharp about, like, what's the themes? What are we trying to show people? What are they missing? And at the end, do they still feel like we got the full picture and we understand everything? So totally. it's really nice. Because it could have been just clever, but it's clever and packs this like right. emotional wallop as yeah. well. So. Yeah, and that's why I went with it over... Um, for me, it was uh, One Night in Miami. That was like my next... That was the one that I almost wrote down. Nice. Which, by the way, Kemp Powers, who wrote One Night in Miami, uh, is going to be one of the directors on uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2. Whoa, I'm, cool. I'm pretty sure. All right. I think he also helped out on Soul. If I said wrong things, like that's, <laughs> I hate saying wrong things, so I probably shouldn't have just thrown those out, but I'm like 80% mm, sure. Oh, okay, my turn. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we're just going to keep doing the ones that are obvious on my side. <laughs> Best director. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. It is obvious. On my Pretty side. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If, do you feel like you know mine? Yeah, I do. Oh. Okay. Well, I feel like I know it. I mean, now I don't think I do. Now that you made that weird well, face. <laughs> so let's see. I read yours first. Oh yeah, read mine uh, first. So it's a, yeah, it's gonna surprise you. The Chad you all for out best there. director goes to <laughs> Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman. Dude, 
uh, I, I'm fairly certain, if I remember correctly, it is her directorial debut. Yeah. And there have been some great directorial debuts, so I, don't, I do not feel comfortable being able to say, oh, it's what I think is the best directorial debut, because I didn't look anything up. But one of my favorites of all time. Really assured as far as what Emerald Fennell wanted it to look like, wanted it to feel like. And with so many tonal shifts, like we've talked about a lot, I felt like she navigated those the same way that Carrie Mulligan had to navigate all of them. Yeah. Emerald Fennell navig- navig- navigates them really well. And I've heard them both sing each other's praises. Uh, like, oh yeah, no one else, I would, I'd love to work with her again, blah, 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 blah. And I feel like you see that kind of uh, synthesis, if you will, uh, between the two of them. And it really pays off in how well the mo- movie worked for me. Love it. I would guess... Chloe Zhao. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Jake's best director pick, Chloe Zhao, for Nomadland. Yeah. I mean, I praised the movie. I think Chloe Zhao made it happen. Um, uh, the same story or idea explored by other, any other director just would have been different. I think she has a very unique print um, between what I've seen in, uh, with the writer and Nomadland. Very interested to see what a Chloe Zhao Marvel movie looks like. I know, The Eternals. Yeah. yeah. And I had forgotten. I read about it a long time ago, but I hadn't seen any of her, any of her movies until now. And so then when I saw Nomadland and then that reminded of The Eternals, like, what is that movie going right. to be like? Which is especially... It just doesn't seem like her style marries Not to, at all. Uh-huh. And, like, weirder to me is that, like, it, she would have probably got the job based on the writer, right? As I mean, definitely not based on Nomadland, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Seems like it would have had to film, like, a long time ago. Yeah, so. yeah. Really interesting. Looking forward yeah. to that later this year. But yeah. Chloe Zhao. And I have, no, uh, for, the, for the record, uh, I, Emerald Fennell's not going to win. And it would be so great if Chloe Zhao won. For so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, woman. Asian. Uh, and just Nomadland's awesome. Exactly. And, and really controlled as far as what it's supposed to be like. All right, your turn for a pick. Okay, uh, let's do supporting actor. Oh, yeah. Best supporting actor, Jake and Chad. Um, all right, so I'll go first. Jake's pick for best supporting actor is... Ah, Lakeith Stanfield. Yes, it is. Those of you who uh, follow the Oscars know that it was a bit of a surprise that he ended up in this category. If you've seen Judas and the Black Messiah, well, I'll let Jake say a couple words. <laughs> but if you follow, if you follow uh, the Oscars, you know that he was even entered by the team in Best Actor. Yeah, like that was like the Which push really or whatever. Interesting choice. But the Academy's able to do whatever they want. And oh, the, I can't. I didn't know that. So they that's can reject why, it and then just move. Well, them. it's just the voter. The voters just vote. Oh, okay. that's why it was I so guess... weird. Everyone was like, "Why'd they put him in there?" Okay. Strange, right? Yeah. And, and it is, I mean, it is his movie. And all I mean by that is, like, you're following his story. Right. Lakeith Stanfield. Um, but he gets, well, read mine real quick. Yeah, yes. Chad's uh, Oscar for Best Supporting Actor goes to Daniel Kaluuya from yes. the same movie, Judas and the Black Yeah, Chad. well, and I didn't let you say anything other than... Just I love Lakeith Stanfield. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's say. great. He's great. Um, and been doing great work for a long time and really uh, uh, creative work. Most people are of the opinion that Daniel Kaluuya kind of like commands the movie, but he's in it less. And it's more looking at the, I mean, it's based on a true story, so you can follow, you can read this anywhere, but it's more looking at the betrayal of Lakeith Stanfield in relation to Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya. But yeah, it's really strange. And I, and I, for on my side, I hope that Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya don't split the vote on my side. 
because Daniel Kaluuya is so, so good. And I know he's young and I know he'll have other chances, but he is magnetic. And so I, that's for me, like I, and he is the favorite to win, Daniel right. Kaluuya. Um, but I, I don't mind rooting for the favorite in this case because I just think he's so good. Great. All right. Um, oh yeah, that'll be a fun one later. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I picked for that. <laughs> Let's do that one. Wait, okay, okay. Think, think. Oh, yeah, that one was obvious. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's do that one. Best original screenplay. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yeah. All right. It's gonna, Chad's Oscar. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> this could go anywhere. Chad's Oscar for best original screenplay goes to Promising Young Woman. <laughs> Look, if I ran the Academy, Promising Young Woman would win. Four, Everything or whatever, <laughs> most every oh did I probably it got nominated six oh yeah we it's a couple others that we didn't we didn't do that we're not doing yeah, right. yeah 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 we're just doing ten I didn't even say that but we usually do ten. but of the ten categories we chose four unless there's more later okay <laughs> no I think it's just those four <laughs> nice um and this is one thing probably where a lot of people wouldn't have it winning although according to Metacritic it's the favorite that was another one I didn't know was the favorite. Okay. Until I was just looking. Carrie Mulligan and and the screenplay. I was like, oh, I thought I was like picking with my heart, like my favorite. Like, oh, these might win. That'd be awesome. Because I'm, I'm into it, obviously. Um, yeah, I, again, tonal shifts, thematic things that I have to go through, but you also have to believe what's happening. And some really, really, really sharp writing as far as the character Carrie Mulligan plays, the character that Bo Burnham plays. Even the character that uh, Laverne Cox, right, mm-hmm. plays, they all really feel real to me in the midst of some twists and things that can feel unreal. They really like, they hold it down. Right. But a lot of that came from the way that they are written as interacting yeah, and where it ends up going. And there's a lot of dark humor that came from the script that I think is like, especially sharp and sad when you're watching the movie. All right. Original screenplay from Jake. Ha. Yeah. Let's go. Emerald Fennell. Promising young woman. Yeah. I think nice. the script is my favorite thing about that movie. Um, and like, yeah, definitely out of, out of all its nominations, uh, I'd be happy for it to win anything it was nominated for, but I think yeah. that's what I would root for it the most. Just because... A lot of picks for a movie that wasn't in your top 10, man. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. An honorable mention. <laughs> uh, it, uh, I, I do think it's like, it's an important movie and I just with addressing the things it addresses, I just love the idea of Emerald Fennell just like, you know, sitting down at her computer and being like, I'm going to write a movie yeah. about what it's like to be a woman in the modern age and facing these different pressures from men and exploring interesting things about consent. Like, yeah. I'm just so into any screenplay that's going to tackle, uh, dive into issues like that in such an interesting way. So Yeah, I've made the comparison already, but like uh, Jordan Peele, whose first real script, I think he was a co-writer on Keanu, but whose first real script that he also directed, like Emerald Fennell, was Get Out, and he won Best Original Screenplay. Uh, yeah. And I, I hope that she can kind of repeat that feat with a movie that I've made the comparison yeah. a lot of times. I really like this category. I think um, I'm almost always pleased with the choice. Like, it just feels right a lot of years yeah. to me. What was last year? I don't know. Yeah, okay. You know. I should I, I, I Today, I don't have my computer out, guys. That's right. why we keep randomly saying things out yeah. loud. <laughs> we keep guessing. Parasite. Did it really? Yeah, because remember it did, he won. Which I love that he won yes. three, didn't he? He won director, writer. And, That's right. And uh, the trifecta, uh, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Parasite. 
Which so, also feels right, well, right? Yeah, Parasite feels right. I think um, in 2013, it was the only Oscar her one. So oh, like, yeah. Do, uh-huh. Her advocate. I'm like, yeah, yeah all right. That, oh, for sure. That category, you know? So... Yeah, Parasite. and a lot of and a lot of times. Oh, it, boo! Green Book wasn't adapted. I forgot. So oh, cancel gross. Green Book, that win. But <laughs> yeah, Get Out won. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just always interesting for the most part. The and I feel like they do often reward a movie that's not gonna win Best Picture, um, but that also had a lot of support and people felt like it was fresh and interesting and brought that perspective that you're talking about and was vital to saying something about society. It's like, hey, you're not. Even though I always in my mind, I'm like, Get Out could win. Promising Young Woman could win. This category usually is the like second prize, third prize, whatever you want to say for, yeah. for some of those movies that aren't going to win it. Alrighty, cool. I think that was mine because it was promising and moving again. Pick. So yeah. Um. All right. We're get things are getting a little a little more interesting here. Yeah, yeah. We might we might repeat on some of these, but they're also ones that were like not as obvious. Yeah. Um. I think we have an obvious here though. Actually, still best actor. Oh yeah. Although. We, we talked about on the, and I'll read Jake's in just a minute. We talked about on last week's, um, I think I said something like, as long as Gary Oldman doesn't win, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I actually believe that, although I'll feel, you know, a tinge of disappointment for a few, but it's like really hard to go wrong with Steven Yoon and Riz Ahmed and Anthony Hopkins and Chadwick Boseman, who are good, equally good and also diverse. Which is really, yeah. which is really cool. So Jake, if he had the opportunity to pick best actor, would have picked Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to say things, but I also wonder: Do you feel like if he were still alive? And I know this is a loaded question, and I don't mean to be at all that you would still have made this vote. That's a really intense question. It is. It is. I'm sorry. And I just sprung it on Jake. We didn't talk about this before. Um, uh, look, read mine real yeah, quick. Chad also yeah. voted Chadwick Boseman. And I'll tell you where this came from. Uh, a, a great listener of our podcast and a good friend of mine um, is Joe Schmokey. And he was talking about... Uh, we've, I mentioned this once before, I think. He thought Heath Ledger wouldn't have won if Heath Ledger didn't pass away. Right. I happen to disagree on that because I think it's this incredible performance. And I am the same on this. Okay. I think Chadwick Boseman would win anyway, but the caveat is that if he were still alive, they might crown lifetime achievement on Anthony Hopkins for how great he is. In the right. Fight. That's I my so. only like, but I, but I was one, and I didn't mean to be like loaded. I, 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 we love Chadwick Boseman here. We both just picked him and cast the vote for him and his speech, his monologue where he's like cursing God is... It's it's beautiful. It's fantastic, and it, it there's even more resonance with it because he passed away. Yeah, and I was just curious your thoughts. Right. Not to be, well, what's the word? Sacrilegious or irreverent in any way? Right. I was just curious. No, but your I thoughts. I think it, it definitely influenced people's decisions. Yeah. So like you can't just ignore it. I I think I would say a similar thing to what I said about the best actress category, which was, the circumstances might influence it, but only if it's close anyway. Right. Yeah. So like. For me, I wouldn't just pick Chadwick Boseman because he passed away if I felt like the performance was like, you know, good, but you know, not better than any of these other ones. Yeah. I, I think in the category it's the best performance, but also it feels nice to be able to say, uh, you know, so sadly this person won't 
have the chance to win this award again. So let's give it to him for what I think is his best performance that I've seen. Yeah, me too. And one of the best performances of the year. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because Anthony Hopkins, I think, is fantastic. He has won one before, many years ago. And he he's even though I would be happy with any of the other four that aren't Gary Oldman, um, he's the only one whose name wouldn't surprise me, Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Just yeah. because he's eighty three and he gave this performance that hinges on him being eighty three and being a fantastic actor. Yeah. And just like utilizing years and years of what acting is in this performance. But Chadwick Boseman, by the same token, years and years, not as many years, but also knowing without telling any of the public that he was going to pass away, picks this socially relevant, righteously angry performance. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now because it does imbue it with more gravity. But if he had not been good, that gravity all disappears, even though tragically he passed away. Yeah, And I I, I definitely hope he wins. Um, And I'll feel sad if he doesn't, but not in the same way because of the diversity and... Yeah. Deserving other performances, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, let's do I, I, one that I, I, I think we might also both reward, like we just did, if we had the chance. Let's do Best Cinematography. Let's do it. And maybe not. I, you know, I don't know. All right. But I think. Tell me. The go. 2021 Chad Oscar for Best Cinematography goes to Joshua James Richards, Nomadland. Yeah. Um... I, since I could already read through Jake's, <laughs> he also chose Joshua James Richards' Nomadland. It wasn't until I looked down right there. Oh, yeah, I could read that. Um, uh, that movie relies so much on the style, yes, of Chloe Zhao, but also of Joshua James Richards and being able to just kind of like feel where he needs to go and allowing them to have space. There's, uh, I mentioned briefly, I think, on YouTube, a really short featurette on the cinematography. It's short and it's just talking through. But it confirmed kind of what you feel watching Nomadland. Yeah. And I have not seen the writer, but he also shot it. Great. No, I don't know. Oh, you're I was asking. asking. I yeah, was like, you don't okay. know either. The writer also looked fantastic, I, but I don't remember. I think it. she said she worked okay. with him already. Again, we're screwing up because I don't have my computer. Um, my question was, do they feel similar in style? Yes, um, I haven't seen the writer since it came out, sure. and I I want to say just the um, traveling nomadic uh, yeah. uh-huh. uh, quality of Nomadland I think makes it just feel by default a little more um, kind of beautiful and yeah. like you're capturing different aspects of the world, whereas the writer kind of all takes place in like one location. Um, or a small area, you know? Sure, yeah. So I think it's different that way just because Nomadland feels majestic to me uh, in a way that the writer doesn't, but definitely was beautifully shot as well. Yeah, okay. this I was thinking about this earlier today. Like my, my wheelhouse or how I love things to intersect is when you have a, um, the photography in a movie that is beautiful, but not self-consciously and pretentiously beautiful. Serves the story, but not without, uh, but not taking away from that very beauty that they're trying to capture. And I think Nomadland like really hits the sweet spot of all of that. Yeah, it feels so integral to the style. It's what I love, where I can just, I you could turn the sound off and I'd still be awed by what I'm seeing, but it also doesn't feel like they're just trying to awe you. 
Yeah. They're just capturing the beauty as it's there in relation to the lives of these men and women and this nomadic lifestyle. And I just think it's, it's very seamless and sure, aesthetically pleasing, but also so much of what the movie feels like has to do with that kind of um, loose but beautiful camera work. Right, with everything else being the way it is, with the script and the acting, the score even, the cinematography has to be poetic, and it is. Yeah. So, love nice. it. Awesome, yeah. I'm glad that we made sure that that would win. <laughs> Me <laughs> and yours Right now. Yes. All right, your pick. You get to decide Ooh, what's next. This is going to be more surprising. What's last. Um, let's do score. All right. Okay, so best score... Uh, from Mr. Jacob Hampton in 2020, but rewarded, uh, excuse me, awarded in the year 2021 is, score, I have a guess because of our conversation last week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Emil Moseri for Minari. Yeah. Say, say a little bit more about, I know we did talk about it last week, but a little bit more about what, I, I listened to it just because of you guys, and I thought it was great, for the record. I, there, I don't have a lot to add. I was like, okay. oh, it's cool, but I'd love to hear some of But you saw the movie, right? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> but, oh, you listened but, to but, it again, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. but uh, no, but what I would say is in the movie, so a lot of times with score, I'll just say this before before you, and I want you to talk before you read mine, which is not the same. Um, I usually reward something where, and this might sound counterintuitive to some, and that's why I want to hear your take. I usually end up picking something or going with something that when I saw it, the score, like I was feeling the score, not overly self-consciously, where it's like taking me out of the movie, but I'm saying to myself like, oh wow, this is serving this really well and stuff. While some might argue, it should be more seamless and you shouldn't notice it. In Minari, it was more seamless and I didn't notice okay. it. Not a knock at all. But in the one you'll eventually read, but I want to hear about Minari first, was more of the thing where I was saying to myself, I love this score while watching it. Got it, okay. Um, and I'm glad you said that, because with Minari, I actually... I think I'd heard good things about the score going into the movie, but kind of like you, I didn't feel like it was like, there weren't really moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like what is happening with the score? I love it. It was yeah. kind of just a great part of the movie that was there, but it was more something that came to, I, I came to love it so much more after just listening yeah. and realizing how much it had tied certain scenes of the movie, uh, two pieces of the score in my head. Um, I'd still get emotional listening to the score after with the way that they weave the uh, song that the... It, it's only that like one scene sing, where the song right? is mentioned, right? Yeah, that the uh, grandma says that the parents used to listen to all the time when they uh, first fell in love. That's woven into the score and all these beautiful um, and sometimes subtle ways throughout it. And it's just... Mm, it's nice. really, really good. Yeah. And well sticks said. in my head more than any other score in the category. Awesome. So We're Really quick. Two things. My sister and uh, her husband, that's, that's Krista, who's a, a mighty friend of the podcast, and her husband, also a mighty friend of the podcast, Dustin. They just saw Minari last night in the theater in California, because California's theaters just reopened. She said she loved it. Yay, good. Which was awesome, yeah. Shout out. Yeah, yeah, shout out. And then one last thing. I wish Judas and the Black Messiah would have been nominated in this category, because I really, really liked the way the score worked in that movie. It was like really offbeat to me. I'm not a very musical person, other than appreciating music, you know? Um, and it was not nominated, but it had this, like, rhythm that I really enjoyed, which is why a lot of people think Soul is going to win, because it, it okay. does some kind of interesting jazz things, and it has a lot of different things going on. Nice. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Chad's Oscar for best score goes to... 
James Newton Howard, News of the World. Yeah, and that was what I, I mean, I described it already just because I wanted to kind of contrast and see what, what Jake thought. But um, of the movies, you know, nominated here, it was the one where in the theater, in real time, I kept going like, oh, this score. And James Newton Howard is like pretty well known, which is kind of boring, I guess, in that case. And the score does, it really does play with a lot of like Western tropes. I thought it played with them so, so well. Like gorgeous stuff, interesting stuff, and more so just really, for me, it, engaging me in the movie. And the, and the performances are good and the story's good and all of that stuff. But any, if any of that was ever lacking at all, he was pulling me in with this really specific score. So I, I, I mean, I don't think, I think it's way down on the list, but if I had a vote just from seeing them and experiencing them, I had the coolest experience watching the movie and listening to the score. Nice. I love me some James Newton Howard. So yeah, he's good. Yeah. All right, last one, best supporting actress. This was one of the last ones I filled out as well. All right. Yeah. So good call Tough on pick. doing this good. one for me. Okay. And uh, also, and this might this might ruin it, obviously, in your mind, but not for our, our uh, two listeners out there. Um, apparently, and this was completely unknown to me, the favorite on Metacritic is who I picked, but did not know. In fact, would have sworn. That she wasn't. I didn't know. Very interesting. Uh, the best supporting actress. I don't know how to say her name. <laughs> uh, but the grandma from Minari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also I'm very ignorant to uh, Korean as a language because I like as looking at it as an American. When you look at the name in different sources, sometimes they put it like, one way and sometimes they put it the yeah, other way. Yeah. So first and last names just w- must work differently. Forgive our ignorance for not. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's definitely that, our but. ignorance. And I haven't seen, like, she did win the BAFTA? Yeah, oh, I think she, she won the BAFTA. Okay. But, uh, oh, Yoon, yeah, sorry. Yoon Yoo Jung is uh, going to be my... Which was also my pick. That's what he was okay. looking at yes. as well. For Minari. Yeah, and the, the closest one for me was... No. No, I don't have the list in front of me. Not Amanda Seyfried. But... <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, um, everybody. It was. I'm like looking through the other ones to see if I can remember. Oh, Olivia Coleman. Oh, of course. The closest one for me was Olivia Coleman in The Father. And here's where Jake's earlier conversation and earlier um, kind of point concept uh, played in for me is Olivia Coleman won just a couple years ago for Best yeah. Actress. She's one of my current favorite actresses working right now as Same. far as winning me over in the last couple of years of like, oh my gosh, like you're incredible. She just won. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Yoon Yoon Jung or Yoon Jung Yoo. Yoon. Um, fantastic. I think a, the clear standout performance in Minari, right? I think uh, she is, in my viewing, like was got what got the audience laughing the most. Um, she brings such a different kind of like energy to the family when she's introduced into the story. Uh, and I love that stark contrast. Um, She's fantastic. I, I, I'm i not familiar with any of her no, previous I... work, um, but I think that's kind of a good thing for uh, us American audiences because she just feels like just a completely real person, like not a character at all. Uh, it's just like, yep, that's the grandma, right? So yeah. I, I love it. And not to hit like a point that cheapens it, but then I guess this is a mini spoiler and I apologize, but I'll be vague, but she has like a, some physical ailments later in the movie that she also has to play. And even though that can be like kind of 
oh, that's why they're winning. No, I don't think that's why she's winning at all because she does a lot of different stuff, but she also does that really well. Right. Uh, like really sells kind of that physical thing that's happening and uh, has to establish like a, a rapport with, especially with the young boy. Yeah. Uh, I forget his name. He's been around like in stuff, so mm-hmm. I've seen his name a bunch, but Paul Cameron, I can't remember it. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, but but their rapport point. is also really nice. And that's like the kind of... I would say the majority of her interactions in the mm-hmm. movie and I think that he's great but that I think that requires from both parties really good acting to have a, a natural yeah. chemistry with uh, between an adult and a child actor so yeah and their and their relationship like changes a little bit and has some ebbs and flows and I think they all really they play that really well yeah yeah that, that'd be cool if she won huh it'd be so cool yeah and, and apparently yeah. the favorite according to Metacritic right which, which I did not realize which I would really hope for because just to re- yeah reiterate what I said before I'm always in favor of like someone winning who you just wouldn't think would win according to the kind of like tropes and patterns that we see in the Oscars through the years yeah yeah so. the Oscars are fun and I, I this year I don't even I honestly don't even know if a bunch of people are coming to the Oscar ceremony I know. Do you know? I, I saw like one little like TV spot about it and what I gathered from what I saw was like there's kind of a select group of like I think like 10 celebrities maybe that are going to actually be there but I think the rest might be virtual. Wow. So I don't know. That That's based on one thing I saw. I have no idea. If yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just happening. weird because normally I would have devoured all this stuff about the Oscars and they'd be all these... It just feels and so it, weird. Yeah, it just feels a lot more like it's coming up. It's in a few days from when we're recording. And it's like uh, not dominating the news and stuff. Or at least the news that I normally seek out. Like it would be in a normal year. But there's the potential to have a lot of spreading the wealth. You know? Yeah. I don't think we'll have a juggernaut. Because I'm not sure if Mank will win any. And it got nominated for 10. Nomadland is going to hopefully win a couple. But if you have the favorites, if you if the favorites win, and they were, I think we uh, we picked some of them. But if Carrie Mulligan won, she was listed as the favorite. If Daniel Kaluuya won, which was my pick, he was listed as the favorite. If she won from Minari, and then if um, who's the other one? Chadwick Boseman won. That's four different movies on the acting side. If those people won, um, and then of course Nomadland will probably win a couple of the big awards but may not win script. So you, you have the potential for a, a good little amount of spreading. Yeah, I hope cool. so. I hope so. And I think like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably also just be looking forward to the next Oscars when it can be normal again. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sad that it feels weird just with a weird release situation for movies in the past year. And that kind of my favorite like part of the Oscars is like I know whatever a bunch of rich people patting themselves on the back in a big lavish room right but I think my favorite thing to see is when there's a little deviation from that and maybe the small unknown movie gets recognized that nobody thought would or someone like Yeo Jung Yoon from Minari like gets up and like just someone who's not who doesn't do this kind of thing right is to get in up in a room full of Brad Pitt's and um, Meryl Streep's and like give a speech about how she won this award that no one expected, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, those are the moments I love, and they're just not going to be the same when if we're just cutting to people on Zoom or whatever. But yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh well, but I mean, safety first, of course. But of I can't course, wait till course, it can be a normal ceremony. Yeah, next year that'll be awesome. 
Alrighty, well, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll, this will be up at least for a few days before the Oscars. And then when we come back, whenever we come back in a few weeks or whatever with a new episode, we'll definitely try to recap, especially some of those surprises that will probably come. Um, yeah, you know, email, I mean, an email, what the, <laughs> what is it, 20, what is it, 2012? <laughs> tweet, tweet at us if you want, at Rogo Tours, at CDurham99, at JacobHampton26, at, it's W-O-O-D underscore E, I think, for Eric, or no, double D, W-O-O-D-D underscore E, I think, for, for Eric, but you can find him in our interactions yeah, and exactly. stuff. And you can look stuff on Facebook and Instagram, tell us what you think about the Oscars, what you're rooting for, we love that stuff. And besides that, thank you for listening. Goodbye.